0: Chapter Thirteen, Part One, of *The Nightland* by William Hope Hodgson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. *The Nightland*, Chapter Thirteen, Homeward by the Shore, Part One. Now we came presently out of that sad and dreary place, and did go inward of the great mountains, and which I have named the Upward Gorge and we do halt soon between the feet of the mountains beyond the mouth-part of the gorge. And Nani alway to look every way about her, and to breathe very quick, and her eyes to be gone bright with wonder and the seeing of new things, and the coming of freedom from so great a dread. And she turned now and did look upward into the dark of the gorge, and to spy upon the great mouth thereof, and to be feared then, and must run a greater way downward into the lightness of the country of the seas, and to come once more to pause and to look backward, and with an awe and a relieved soul, and so again to the wonder of the spreaded country and the great sea, and did near to laugh and cry in the same moment with the amazement and gladness and great astonishment that did be upon her. And she to turn constant this way and that and to be never ceased of looking and of deep breathings of the wide air, for never in that life had she been in a broad place of light as you shall have perceived. And we to feel both that there did be no more need to talk hushed as we did alway in the gloom and narrow dark of the gorge. And surely she to shout as a child that doth try an echo and her voice to go very pretty into the distance and to be lost afar off in that country. And lo, in a moment, an echo to come out of the dark mountains to our backs, so that we looked round very sudden, but whether the echo did be truly an echo, or some strangeness or some unnatural call to come downward out of the gloom and horror of the gorge, we did be all unsure. And indeed, must run downward a while more until that we did be all breathed, and to halt presently where we did feel to be utter free of the gorge and of the strangeness that did seem to our minds in that moment to lie upward in the darkness of the great mountains. And surely we did look about for a flat rock to be for our use, and we came presently to a place nice to our purpose, that did be yet upward over the land, and we climbed up on to the rock and sat thereon to have our food and drink and as we eat and drank we did sit very close and happy, but yet to have a wise looking about anigh to us, so that we be caught by no danger of the humped men or by any other danger that might be. And alway the maid did question, and did stare afar over the country, and to have a shining wonder and joy of the sea, and to be stirred in all her being, so that she was pained with vague and sudden memories, that did be as strange dreams and all mixed with pleasure and pain. And, indeed, she sudden to weeping, and to need that she be in mine arms, until that she know herself once again, and so to her dear natural joy and way. And oft did mine own speak upon the clear wonder of the air, as it did seem to her, and to me it did seem likewise, that had lived my life also in a dark land as you do know and she to break sudden from her rapture, and to set back her speech and eternity with vague words and memories so olden and englamoured, that they did be as moonlight that once hath shone, and in a moment she to be forward again into that far future time and speech, and all her being to be close unto me, and oft in a solemn silence of the heart. And the greatness of the sea to call unto her with an olden voice, and to half waken her and I with her to be thus half-wakened, yet had I been not thus as I did come mine outward way, but truly I did stir to the stirring of the maid, and all mine olden thoughts that did be my memory-dreams to come fresh upon my spirit. And so we two to sit there all shaken with dreamings that did concern happenings of the olden world, that did lie upward in that dreadful night which made a mighty and deeply roof over that country and surely I am dumb, in that I have no speech to make known to you all the troublings and stirrings of our spirits that we did know in that moment. And far off, by miles, beyond the feet of the mountain, where went the shore of the sea upon our left, there was a great mist and steam, and this to be that mist and steam that I did come through on mine outward way. And Nani to ask concerning it, and I to tell her so much as I knew and how that we must indeed come presently through it upon our journey. And she to be in wonder of the volcanoes that did burn in the sea, and in this place and that of the wide country, and the height and grandness to exalt her, and in the same time to give her a strange humbleness of her mind, so that presently I did take her into mine arms, for I must kiss her, and because that she did be so utter a sweet maiden, and lovely with interest and naturalness. And truly she to kiss me in turn, and to make her questionings between her kissings, and this to be because she did yearn for a greater knowing of the country, but also, as I do have to think, because she did be sweetly impudent unto me, and this to be of her joy. And presently she to kiss me thrice very passionate and warm upon the mouth and immediately to take my shoulders with her small hands that did seem so pretty upon my broadness and upon the metal of the armor, and she to strive thus that she shake me to a speedier answer, and she all the while to be full of a dear naughtiness, and to need that she be kissed very hard, and I to answer her, but after mine own fashion, which did be a word between each kiss that I gave to her and she very quick and naughty to put her hand between our lips, and I then to kiss the palm that did be in my way, and did be very small and pretty, and she, when I had no thought, to open her fingers very quick and kiss me through between the fingers, and immediately to shut the fingers that I did be stopped from the same. And afterward I made her stand upon the rock, and I set free her hair over her shoulders, and I took then the boots from her, so that her little feet did show bare and pretty. And she at the first half to refuse me, but afterward to stand very dear and obedient that I should have my way with her, and to be a little shy and the more pretty because of her sweet blushings. And surely when that I had her to my likings I stepped back a little pace and looked at her, and she to look again at me, very quaint and naughty and then to turn her about very grave, and to make pretend that she did be a dummy figure. And surely when she did become right round and to face me again and had a very sedate look, she stretched out her pretty foot all in a moment and put her pink toes sudden upon my lips, and I to be so in surprise that I had not wit to do aught ere she had them back swift from me and she then to make one glad spring into mine arms, and to want that she be hugged, and to be loved very great. And I to laugh, all tender, for I loved her so utter, as you do know. And I to tell her, as you sure likewise to have told your maid, that I wanted a pocket sufficient, that I might have her therein alway anigh to my heart. And this thing I to say to her, as a man that doth love shall say it and you to know the way of it so well as I, and she to laugh very mischievous, and to tell me that she should truly tickle me, if that I carried her thatwise, ay, and to pinch me too, and I to have no answer, save that I shake her very gentle, but indeed she to kiss me very naughty on the mouth in the midst of my shaking, and truly what shall a man do with such an one?" and she then to want to be more sedate and to be set down upon the rock, and she to make me turn round, so that she should come at the pouch which did be upon my back. And she gat thence the comb that was a fitment, and did comb her pretty hair, and I to sit and talk with her, and to jest, with a heart that did be so light as it had not been for a great while. For though I did dread the humped men and the monstrous animals of the country of seas, I had not any abiding horror of aught that I had seen in that country, for there seemed a naturalness in all things, so that I did have no loathing, neither any fear of an evil force. And presently when that the maid had combed her hair she to bind it upon her head, but I to ask that she leave it upon her shoulders, because that it did be so pretty, and she to smile at me and to be happy to my pleasuring. Now we did be truly sedate, and to set our gear together, and I to put the boots upon the maid, and afterward we to begin again to journey downward into the country of the seas. And we went at a good pace, but not to bring us to any great weariness, for it was mine intent that we rest for our slumber upon this side of the place where did be the steam of the boilings, that was anigh to the shore of the sea, as you shall mind and we at this time to be passing along the feet of the mountains unto the place of the steam, and to go thiswise for six good hours, and still to be a great hour off that part, for we went not so fierce as did be the speed of mine outward way, which was utter strong, as you do mind, that have gone with me in all my journey. And so, when we had walked six hours, we did be gone something beyond the eighteenth hour of that day's journeying, and to be very ready to our slumber. Now presently we found a tall rock, very hard to climb, that had a flat top so great as may be twice my length ways, and this to be very good to our purpose, and when we were come safe to the top we to eat and drink and presently to sleep and to have the cloak under us as did be the will of the maid, for the country did be utter warm and nice, so that we had no occasion for covering and surely we waked both of us when that we had slept seven good hours, and we sat upward and looked newly each at the other, and to be as that we did each see the other anew in that good light, and to have a fresh joy each in the look of the other, and she to come into mine arms and to kiss and to need that she be kissed, and truly we both to have our need, but yet to be something the more hungry of the other for the having and mine own then to make our breakfast, and the water to fizz very strong and surprising, and we to eat and drink, and to be utter happy each with the other, and to talk on this thing and that, and the maid to look about as we eat, and she to look afar off at the wonders and the newness of the country to her knowledge, but I to look near, lest there be any danger that might be an eye. And in a while, mine own to draw my gaze to the mountains that the gorge came through, and in verity, now that I did look in ease, I to see with her how that they did be truly monstrous, even as a monstrous wall that did go upward for ever until that they were gone out of the light of that country, into the dark night of the deathly upper world that did be lost an eternity, and I to mind that I had some vague thoughts thiswise on the outward way. But now I to have ease and the maid to speak with, and so to perceive odd matters the more. And I to tell you this little thing, so that you shall perceive the way that restfulness did be upon me, by compare with the outward going." And truly we had no great speed with our talk and with our eating, but in the end did make somewhat to hurry, because that we did be conscious that we leaned to slackness and, indeed, we came down then pretty speedy from the rock where we did sleep, and had forward to our way at a good pace. And when we had gone a while we to begin to hear the far hissing of the steam and the noise of the upward burstings of waters that did boil, and the sound to be very strange, but I to have heard it before, as you do know, so that it to trouble me the less than the maid and I to assure her, and she to come nigh to me, and thiswise we to enter presently into the steam. And we went then for more than three hours, and I had the maid to my back that I should be the first, and this I did, that she have no danger to walk into a boiling pool in the maziness of the steam, which was everywhere, and I to be something guided in my path by the shore of the sea, which did be unto our left alway only that we could see neither the sea nor otherwise, except that we go so close that we near into the water. And truly the sea to seem to boil in parts, and there to be hot pools in all places, so that who should say with ease whether we did go by one of the great hot pools or by the true sea? And this our constant puzzle shall be likewise to you, and you to perceive how that we did go utter wary and about us from every part there did come the strange burstings and shriekings and whistlings of the boil of the waters breaking upward from the deep world, and odd whiles the sounds as to be as of great monsters, and the earth to shake under us, and other whiles there to be a hush and only the steam about us, and somewhere in the distance and uncertainness a low piping of some steam cranny, very strange and lonesome sounding. And when it did be somewheres nigh upon the fourth hour, we came out of the thick steam, and the pipings and the roarings to be our rearward, and soon the steam to be gone thin as but a mist, and the noises to be very far-seeming, and presently we to become clear out into the air of that country. And the maid now to perceive the trees, which did be in great forests unto our right hand, while that the shore of the sea did go alway upon our left and she to be utter in wonder of the trees, and to need that she pluck branches and smell of them and look at each leaf, and so to be all stirred, for never in that life did she to have seen such a matter as those great trees did be, but yet to be all stirred by vague memories that did seem no more than dreams. And you to think but a moment, and to perceive how the thing did be with her and you to have been likewise stirred, if that you did be so strangely waked in a corner part of the heart, though but a little matter to wake you. Now when the sixth hour did be full come we made a halt in a wise place, and had there our tablets and the water, and afterward the maid bid me that I take her into a warm pool that did be near by, and to ask that I turn from her, but yet be an eye for her protector as I did be ever and so she to wash and to make herself happy with a sweet cleanness that did be proper to her, and afterward when she did be done she to act watch whilst I to mine, and to help me in all matters that she was able. And truly I to be happy indeed that she did so have delight to attend upon me and to treat me motherwise, yet truly with her made heart not all hid as you have perceived this time and that. And surely thus did we go alway in these matters, and oft that I have not space to have told, and oft that you shall remember if that I do be too full of other happenings to give heed to tell upon. And afterward we to our journeying again, and to talk upon this thing and that, and I to be watchful as we talked, and to tell the maid that she keep her eyes wary but yet not to be of unease and when we did go thiswise for seven good hours we were come nigh opposed to the bright burning fire-hill that did be offered in the sea, and had made me a warm light in that time when I did sleep in the tree as you do remember. And truly, as I shall here mind you, we did be past seven hours coming to this place from the part where the steam did be, yet had I gone that space upon the outward way at a speed that was greater, but truly I might not set so great a pace to the maid save, mayhap, odd wiles, And this thing I beg that you have alway in your mind, and so to understand why that we did be oft long upon this part of the journey and that, by compare with mine outward going. And in verity i had set off our hour for food, because that I saw we did come nigh to the place where the tree did be, and I to know that the maid should like to eat and drink nigh to that place and to know that I did sleep there. And surely I took her to the tree, and when that I told her, she to beg that I indulge her and that we go upward to that branch where I did sleep, and there to eat our tablets. And I to be willing and to enter into her wishing, for indeed there was no danger in the climb, and I to go alway below her, so that I could be surety for her safeness. And we came up to the great branch, and she to make how we should sit, and I to have to show just where I did lie and she to look very close, and to see that my weight had surely marked the hardness of the armor upon the bark. And she then to be upon that branch alone, as she did eat and drink, and to look outward at the light from the fire-hill, and to be very hushed, and to think, and I not to disturb her with speech. And when she did be done she gat from the branch and kissed the place where I did lie. And lo, in a moment a thought came into her and she drew her knife and cut out a piece of the bark, and put it into her breast to be for a keepsake, and so to seem somewise contented. And truly I told her about the great beast when we were come down again to the earth, and she to cry out to show me that there did be yet the mark where the belly of the monstrous beast did brush upon the earth as it ran, and moreover the broken places of the footmarks and she by this to see how great a beast it did be, but yet did it be but a little thing beside the slug, only that it did be a thing of horn and hardness of skin, as you have perceived. And truly I do mind how that the observings of the maid did bring very keen to me how that there had passed but seventeen days since that I did go onward from this place, and this to seem very strange and scarce credible unto me for I had thought at it somewise as a great time, and truly this to be because it was so marked by stress of the mind and great happenings, and you to agree in this thing. But yet also we shall truly mind that those times that I have called days did hold off the hours of two days, and mayhap three, as you do remember. Now we went onward then to our journeying, and I to make to carry the maid as ever, after that she had walked twelve hours, though she did walk thirteen hours this time as you have seen. And she to say that she go now upon her own feet through the next six hours, and so to ease me from the labor that did be needful to carry her. But I to know how that she did be like to be all gone of her strength this wise in but a day or two and we to make the better speed, if that I keep to my way, and to have her walk twelve hours of every journey, and afterward to come into mine arms, for truly she did be bred less hardy than I, as you shall think from all that I have told concerning the peoples of the Lesser Pyramid, and, moreover, she was yet something weakened, as I did think, by the dreadful month of her lonesomeness and escapings, before that I was come to succour her. And truly, as I did carry her the maid did make remark of her wonderment concerning me, and that I did be so hard of my body, and set in the determination of my mind. And in verity I did be exceeding strong and of great hardness of body. And mayhap my will did be somewhat this way also, else do I think I had never borne to come unto mine own through so much desolation. And I to smile very happy upon her for I did love that I was so strong, and very truly in delight that mine own maid did take gladness in this thing. And you to mind how you did be also in the love days, and so to have nice understanding of my naturalness and human pride. And surely the maid did nestle unto me as she did talk, even somewise as a child shall come nigh to the mother, but yet also as a maid doth love to be nigh unto her man, if that she doth truly love, and I to lift her more nigh to my lips, but she to refuse to kiss me, and to be a sweet impertinence that did lie in mine arms. Yet when I did make to lower her again to the way that had her easy to carry, she to slip her pretty face very snug under my chin, and to kiss me there, after her own fashion, and afterward to be willing that she be as usual into mine arms. Now as I set the maid again comfortable it seemed to me that she was something tender, and sudden it came to me that mayhap the armor to be very hard and painful unto her, and I to ask this thing of her in a moment, and she to see that I would not be put off and so to tell me. And truly I was utter angered with myself, and somewise also with her, in that she did not waken mine unthinkingness to this thing and I set her instant to the earth and made her to bare her shoulders to me, and truly they did be much bruised where that she had lain so oft in mine arms against the hardness of mine armor. And I to be so angered that I ne'er shook her, and she to see how I did be, and that she did be nigh to be shaken, because that I was grown so angry that she should let herself come to this foolish hurt, that yet I did know was very dear unto her secret heart and in truth she put up her lips to me very sudden and with a strange naughtiness, that she have her own way with me to tempt me from mine anger, that yet she did have to like. And in verity I near slapped her then upon her pretty shoulders, but that she ceased from her tempting of me, and instead she turned her shoulders to me even as a child that I button her garment for her. And surely when I had buttoned her garment she came round unto me and closed her hand, so that it did be a little fist, even as I did love her to do, because that it was so small beside my great hand. And she slipped her shut hand into mine, and surely I let it stay within very quiet, and made not to close upon it as I did want. And the maid did move her hand around in mine that she make me to take notice upon her and to grasp her little fist. Yet I did be very stern, for I was truly angered, and neither did I put her hand from mine nor made to hold it, but only to let it bide, yet truly I to be something stirred in the heart part by her pretty ways. And in a little while she took her hand from out of mine, and did have daring to be cold unto me, and mine anger then to be quaintly renewed, and to think that she did well need to be whipped and she made a naughty and foolish impudence upon that which I said to her, so that presently I did say that she did need such as should make her to heed her manners. But yet, as you shall conceive, I to know inwardly all that time how that even this true naughtiness did not stir me to proper anger, but more that it made me masterful and to lack not that I make her know truly that I did be her master and in the same time to be strangely touched in a very deep and secret place of my heart, and truly love doth have strange actings upon the heart. And the maid to ask me in a very saucy fashion that did be intention to anger me what did I mean that she to need, and truly I said that she did go the way to earn that she be flogged like any boy, and I to mean actual all that I did say, which doth be something amaze me now but, as I do know, I yet to be constant stirred inwardly by her beloved quaintness that did be always so dainty, even when that she did mean her naughtiness to be truly to anger me. And lo, when I told the maid this thing, that she did be well to earn a sharp reproof, she turned in a quick instant and came close to me, all tender and small and to need to be nigh to me. And she slipped both her closed hands into the one of mine, and truly they did be little fists. And because I could be no more stern with mine own, I put mine arm about her, and she did nestle to me so that all my being did want to be a shield about her. And she to hark very quiet and humble to my counselings and in the end did be so strangely hushed that I looked down to where her pretty face did be hid against mine armor, as she did love to do, when that I did be those odd wiles a little stern with her. And I held her face away from mine armor, and surely she did be smiling, very quiet and naughty, so that I perceived that she did be good only for that time and did be like to show again this wrongful and impudent spirit. Yet I not then to be in trouble of the future but to hope only that I do wisely, if that she show again this waywardness. And truly I to perceive now that I did be very young, but anywise, as you do know, I to act alway from the natural telling of my heart." And I shook Nani a little, for this naughty spirit which did not be gone from her, for I perceived that my manhood had but stirred the woman in her to that strange quick humbleness that had seemed to be a quenching of her wayward unwisdom and truly it had not been stilled, but only sunken for a little moment in the uprising of her dear nature which had responded unto me. And the maid to look at me from under her lids as I did shake her with gentleness. And I to know that mine own did be a wondrous maiden, full of all life and spirit, and to be held wisely and to be loosed wisely all as did be for the best to bring out the uttermost of her goodness which did be in all her being, and to be very lovely, and to make me feel as that I did be a giant that held a white flower very tender, but I to feel also that I did be her master. And this may hap you to understand if that you look into your hearts. And by all my telling you to know that I did be very dainty with mine own maid, that did be all of daintiness, but yet I to be masterful, as did be my nature. And a very proper way it did be with the maid, so that she did be alway reasonable in the main. And this to come out of her love which did have pleasure to know that I did be master unto her all in the same while that she did fight to show that I did be otherwise. And truly and in part by this same showing you shall perceive that her naughtiness to come likewise from her love and the way that my nature did work upon her. Now I to shake the maid very gentle, as I have said, and with much that did be of play, but in the same wise, there to be also somewhat of tender reproof. And surely that naughty maid to spring very light upon her toes, and had kissed me sudden and dainty upon the mouth, before that I did what? And I to put mine arm about her, and to give her a little hug and immediately then to matters that did be practical, for I was eager to have come across that stony part of the journey that did be before us, as you do know, before that we look for a place for our slumber, and this eagerness of haste to be because of the great bird-things which I had seen go bounding over that waste, when that I was upon mine outward way. And surely, after that I had thought a little moment, I bid the maid that she dress in her torn garments, so that these should be over the top of the armor suit, and this wise to make a soft thickness upon the top of the armor suit that should act for a cushion between mine armor and her dear body. But indeed the maid would nowise to do this thing, and I not to make her, because that my heart perceived how it did be with her, and her reasons to be some ways mixed, as doth be proper in all humans and the more so when that it doth be a maid that hath reasons, as you to know, if that you have ever held such dear perverseness in your arms. And she, as I could know, to be strangely in love that her gentle body be bruised by the hardness of mine armor, and if this might not be, she to be not wishful that she wear her torn clothing upon her neat suit, and so to seem careless and to lack to be dainty in mine eyes for indeed she did be alway to wash herself and to make tidiness, and she to have a way now that she did set the armor suit upon her that had it to seem different, and she to have set a little sprig from the trees upon her breast and in her girdle, and so to seem the more of a maid, and surely a man doth know and love these things, but not alway to have full knowing how that they be done, and indeed you to be likewise with me in this thing and we all to think we know, but somewise to be just alack when that it doth come to the proof. And in verity the maid to find a way that she be eased of the hardness of the armor, and I to have come to the same thing in the same moment. But truly I do think she had been able to think upon it a long while if that she had been so desired. And truly this was but that I fold the cloak very thick across mine arms and breast, and to take her then into the little nest that did be prepared. And surely, now that the maid might no more have her secret wish that she lie close against mine armor, she to be helpful and to have the cloak folded so in a very quick while, and so to be into mine arms again, and we to be once more upon the journey, and she to nestle to me, as that she did hunger to be nigh to me, and she to talk with me, odd whiles and odd whiles to be silent. And once I to think that she wept a little, and to know that she did be like to think upon her father and her own peoples, but she to have her face turned to me so that I could not but guess upon this thing, and she very soon to be hushed again of this sorrow and to lie content in mine arms. And once, when that I had carried her for three hours, she to ask me that I kiss her, and truly I did kiss her, very gentle and with reverence because that my heart did understand the holiness that did be in her heart at that moment. And surely as I kissed her she to kiss me very tender, and I to know that some olden memory did be like to stir in her, and in a moment she to take her lips from mine where she did let them to nestle very light, and did whisper mine olden love name, and I then to look at her and her eyes to shine as the olden stars that did shine in the olden summers, and I to be too shaken even that I kiss her, but she to put her arms about my neck, and to look steadfast into mine eyes. And immediately after that she had looked awhile, and I to have ceased from walking, she to put her hands upon each side of my face within the metal of mine headgear, where the guards did come down at the sides, and she to kiss me very sober upon the lips, but yet to mean utter by that kiss and I not to return the kiss, for I saw that it did not be her need. End of chapter 13, part 1